Hello, ladies and gentlemen. This is Anthony John Agnello, Senior Social Editor at Games Radar, and this is episode 45 of the Radio Radar podcast. This week, myself, Susan Arndt, and David Roberts dig into Deus Ex, both the mobile game Go and the new sequel Mankind Divided. And strangely, we find ourselves divided on the game itself. Then we get into Titanfall 2's open beta and the many improvements to Respawn Entertainment's multiplayer shooter with its giant delicious mechs. And finally, we close with some discussion on a wonderful little mobile game called Reigns and discussion of video game soundtracks on vinyl. Listen on. What up, world? It's Radio Radar episode 45. Welcome back, everybody. Welcome back to the post-Gamescom pre-PAX West world. We are going to talk to you about video games and all the things that you love in life. My name is Anthony John Agnello, Senior Social Editor at Games Radar, and I am joined today by Executive Editor Susan Arndt. It's a scientific fact that Cinnamon Toast Crunch is the best cereal. Is that, a, is that science? It's is that science, like, yes. They've proven it? Absolutely. You can you can chart that. It's a fact. Because I, I, I wonder if that has something to do with the fact that a little bit of Wendell's blood is in every single box <laughs> yes. of Cinnamon Toast Crunch. Absolutely. <laughs> Like, they like made a every, deal with the devil. Yeah, like all those commercials that were like, can your dad see why Cinnamon Toast Crunch tastes amazing? You should see the director's cuts of those videos because it's always like, yeah, I can see it because Wendell's blood is in the Cinnamon David Toast David Cronenberg got to start directing Cinnamon Toast Crunch commercials. I don't know if <laughs> you know that. Exactly, that's exactly right. <laughs> the Fly was actually a, an aborted Cinnamon Toast Crunch movie. <laughs> the Help only me. thing that the only... crunch part of a complete balanced breakfast. No, it's totally yeah. true. Like the 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 part where he's demonstrating how Brundlefly eats and he like mm-hmm. pukes all over. The, it was originally yeah. going to yeah. be him puking all over a bowl of cinnamon toast crunch. Yeah, that's no, how he that gets scene... its delicious flavor. Exactly. <laughs> that, that scene and the scene of Gina Davis giving birth to a monster are the only things that survived the original script. Wait except... a minute, is that it, is that in one or is that in two? That's in one. That, okay. It's what Gina Davis with the maggot. That's that's. Right. Is Gina Davis even in the fly too? Does I that happen? Doubt that because she had more career options at that point. <laughs> she, she had that. She had that. Earth girls are easy money rolling in. <laughs> wow. <laughs> that's, that's that's the deep cut for you, everybody. That, that was nice. That was. And nice. here, here's our here is our ambassador of deep cuts, Staff Roberts, Dave Roberts. Uh, and maybe my cat will be making a guest appearance as well, because uh, she's very, she's very lonely right now. What? Dave, what is your what is your cat's name? Taffy. Taffy. Aww. Taffy. Yeah. Taff- Taffy is a regular guest star on the Games Radar streams. Yeah, she'll like I, I, I was talking about before we started the the recording the podcast, but I was in this room just typing along, typing along, nothing, nothing, and I look behind me about an hour later, and oh, my cat's in here. Well, we have to do something about this, and then <laughs> doesn't matter because you know she makes her presence known. She is a cat. So, uh, your, your cat is an entirely biological cat. There are no, there are no, there is nothing added to your so, cat. So, so I, know what, I know what you're ever. doing, and yeah. you need to stop it. You need to stop? <laughs> if you, I, see, this is, this is sad, because I just realized that this is, like, too deep a cut, and people won't know what I'm talking about. There is, it, it currently, 
a Howard the Duck comic book oh. that Marvel publishes. And Howard, in one issue, is hunted by a woman who wants to hunt the rarest game on the planet. And one of her subjects, in addition to Howard the Duck, is a cyborg house cat named Biggs. <laughs> who's just like a regular house cat who's been put in like a cybernetic exoskeleton and he can now talk. Because of course. Because of course. And by the end of the issue, Biggs has been adopted by Howard the Duck and he's always just like... Do not care who you are, delicious bird. Pet Biggs now. <laughs> He's great. He's amazing. <laughs> and that, yeah, that's a cat. That is that's, that is my that, cat. That is, yes, yes, that is all cats. Yeah, really. That's all cats, and that's what a cyborg. That is what an augmented cat would be like. Okay, quick, for the, quick aside. Why yes. doesn't Why doesn't Howard the Duck go home? Oh, he can't. He physically can't. Like, there, there, there are many attempts for him to, like, he attempts to do so many times. Oh, okay. But it's like a dimensional thing. Oh, so and he's not just from another planet? <clears throat> no, he's not, oh, he's not just okay. from, it's not like the movie. Oh, it's okay, not, okay, okay. The, the principal from Ferris Bueller's Day Off isn't trying to kill him okay. for the comic. That's <laughs> not, right. that's not happening. Cool. Although, in the issue directly after the issue where Biggs shows up, because he's a detective, like Howard's a detective. His next client is Leah Thompson herself. Like Leah Thompson comes and to hire Howard that to solve a crime for her. It's the best. That is that is kind of great. It's the best. It's so good. Um, yeah, it's awesome. But we were we were seg- I was my 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 magical awkward completely manufactured segue is gone. <laughs> it's over now. Uh, Just move if on. you're. Just yeah. move on. If you're all, if you're all listening to this on Monday, you have likely been playing all weekend. Uh, a a little oh no no it's out on the twenty fifth. I just realized it's the reviews that are out on Friday. I'm a dumbass. Uh, <laughs> Deus, Deus Ex, Ex Go is out now. Deus Ex Go is out. This is so confusing. This multimedia releases, man. Like every Square Enix game has ninety different things now. That's true. Uh, yes, Deus Ex Mankind Divided is out this week while you're listening to this, and Deus Ex Go is already out, and you will have been touching it on your iPad or your iPhone all Touch weekend. Pawing at it. Yeah, we, we've been... All three of us have been Deus Exing in various ways. And, uh, Susan, I'm really excited to hear about Deus Ex Go. I did not play Tomb Raider Go. Ugh. But I love Hitman Go. Okay. And so, so catch me up on how they Deus Exed it up. Okay. So uh, first of all, it's Lara Croft Go, not Tomb Raider Go. Oh, I it's, see. That's it. This is another example. I can't remember what's Tomb Raider and right. what's Lara Croft Lara Croft, Croft has tombs. Tomb Raider is about Lara Croft. It's <laughs> true, actually. God, God damn it! It's completely that's true. Very confusing. So Deus Ex Go is a a very nice. Take, take the journey with me. Evolution. hey uh, Of the mechanics uh, in Hitman Go and Lara Croft Go. Hitman Go is the first one uh, that introduced the concept of it being a puzzle game, but it's, it's very, very sterile uh, and very, very sparse. Uh, Lara Croft Go advanced that by making the uh, environment more interactive and it's better looking. Uh, the puzzles are still great and it also had collectibles, so that was kind of neat. Deus Ex Go, it looks great, has story to it, which the others really haven't, 
uh, and then adds it has that Deus Ex flavor to it. And the puzzles are really good, and they're really quite challenging. And I'm stuck. But uh, <laughs> so the the uh, the way it works. In case you are not familiar with any of the Go games, I highly recommend checking them out. You can usually get them uh, for a, a buck or maybe two bucks on on your uh, tablet or, or phone of choice. Your they are your the room is laid out uh, as a puzzle. You move one space at a time, and certain actions will trigger the enemies or traps on the board to do their thing. For example, if you walk in front of a turret, it will shoot you. If you get into line of sight of a guard, he'll put on his titan armor and start making a beeline for you. Stuff like that. So you have to figure out how to maneuver around the various enemies and traps to get to the end point, the exit point. And you will be given in true Deus Ex style. Uh, you can hack computers. You can hack the turrets to be your friend to either shoot enemies or at least just not shoot you. You mm. can uh, pick up a stealth cloak so you can be invisible for one step. So maybe you can just sneak past uh, the line of sight of a guard. And uh, it's really, really good. The one caveat I will introduce is that it's... If, you, if you're not super familiar with Deus Ex, uh, with the fact that, you know, it stars Adam Jensen, and if you don't know that he's an augmented human, that he has these abilities, it might take you a little while to figure out what does what. Uh, it's, it's, the game does not do a lot to tell you, hey, this icon is your stealth thing, and it only lasts one turn. You, it's very much a learn by doing. So you're going to fail a lot. That's not a bad thing, but that's, it, it might not be something you're ready for if you, if you have not played the previous Go games. But it's a really, really great entry in the series. It has, it, it fits in the Deus Ex universe nicely. Uh, highly recommend. Super fun. Susan, I, like, it's so, it's really cool to me when I heard that they were opening the Square Enix Montreal studio that makes the Go games... I like it, it sounded so mercenary. Mm -hmm. You know, it was like we are opening a studio to make mobile products mm -hmm. based on the award-winning Square Enix well, library of franchises. Like Tokyo RPG Factory. <laughs> like yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Like, but like it, Tokyo RPG Factory has the soulless name. Right. But like their their entire mission was to like be like we're opening a studio to try and recapture this magical style of game making and, and what, like the best just... way to do that is in a factory i guess yeah well, <laughs> never never criticize a japanese company for using english words in their name too heavily <laughs> because like it's like somebody was probably like it sounds cool like cnc music factory and they're like no i am in, i am entirely certain cool. that was their point of reference yes <laughs> right yeah exactly like they're, they're like like we're gonna make you sweat go, with I yeah. sets in a... So you bleed. Is that dope enough? Yeah. Indeed. <laughs> yes. That's exactly what happened. But, like, Square Enix Montreal, like, it sounded like the worst... Like, when they opened it, it was at, like, the height of... Oh, we're gonna be an iPad game studio thing in, like, 2011. And then... Hell, Susan, you and I were actually at PAX East mm -hmm. when they first showed off Hitman Go. Mm -hmm. And people at Square kept trying to get us to play it, and we're like, no, yeah, shut up! 
Shut up, no. And then when it finally came out, it was like, wait a second, this is awesome. Yeah. You guys are making things that are awesome. And I like I'm really curious what's going to happen to them. Because they they've done all of the big series that remain for the Western brands. Like I mean, like all that's left is like just just cause go. Okay, that would not work. Let's <laughs> Let's just, right. no. But I mean, like for example, there's the the modularity of it means you mm. could release more tombs for Lara Croft. You mm-hmm. can have a new mission for Adam Jensen. It's it's the kind of game because it's so, they're they're just discrete puzzles. It's you do this level and then that level and, and then uh, that level, uh, similar to like an Angry Birds kind of setup, that you. You can keep adding stuff on without it feeling yeah. excessive or, or yeah. just like a money grab. It's like, no, I would like more puzzles now, please. Thank you. It's funny. Like, I, I also, it, it, I think it might be the only studio out there who's working with other series and characters that aren't their own mm-hmm. that I don't automatically think, like, don't you guys want to make your own I like you know. Don't you want to make your own characters and make your own thing? Because like it, they they have this, they have such a specific style that's all their own. Mm-hmm. And it sounds it sounds like this feels very very different from Hitman Go in Absolutely. the same way that Lara Croft felt different from Hitman Go. It feels very distinct. Yeah, that's the thing. What's what's nice is they all have similar mechanics. Like if you've played one you're going to understand how to play the others. But yeah. each one is distinct. It's not just, well, this is the Go game with Deus Ex paint on it. It feels like a Deus Ex game. It, mm. is, it is very much in tune with that aesthetic and that vibe, the same way that Lara Croft Go was very much in tune with the Tomb Raider aesthetic and vibe. You felt like you were raiding tombs. And in Deus Ex Go, you feel like you are infiltrating uh, the, mm. the first place is, uh, you know, you're trying to prevent this guy from being assassinated. Spoiler, you fail. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you always... Adam Jensen never succeeds at anything he sets out to do. It's true. He's, he's, like, he's he, kind of like the worst special agent ever. Yes. He is, he is the worst... I like. Is there anything less stealthy than having swords in your arms? Like it's just like that. Is, guns having guns convenient. in your arms. Yeah, having guns in your arms. Unless yeah. like, no, Samus is not stealthy. She's not. No, she's not. She's not trying to be stealthy. She's not trying to be stealthy. Not trying. Yeah. Uh, is there? Is there story? Like, is there? There is. There is. How does there that? Is how does that it's, work? Uh, so what happens is you will enter a room and then at the bottom of your screen. You will have a little character insert of Jensen speaking to either his handler or his hacker friend, uh, and it'll provide information about, like, you know, here, just in the in the missions I've done so far, it's okay, you're trying to rescue this guy uh, named Novak, and he's in here, and, oh, hey, look out, you know, these, these guys have Titan armor, and then Jen- Jensen realizes, wait a minute, Titan armor's really expensive. These guys hmm. should not be able to afford that. Someone is backing them, so he has his hacker friends look into it to see who is funding this kidnapping attempt. So, yeah, there's there's actual story, which you are free to ignore if you want. It doesn't, uh, you know, it's not necessary to do the puzzles, 
But if you want a little bit of context for why you're trying to get into this room or that room or why people are trying to stop you, it's really nice to have it there. Hmm. Hmm. Does Is there a piping hot plate of Alexis Tufexes in this? Sadly, there is oh. not. Oh. <laughs> it's not Deus Ex without Alexis Tufexes. I, I know. I know. Uh, By the way, everybody, before, his, before you send us emails, we know his name is not Alexis. Yeah. I was just gonna say we know we know Elias is It's just a it's a Alexis. fun rhyme it and is, it rolls off the tongue. It really is just fun to say. And he is he is a friend of Games Radar. He is a delightful man, marvelous actor. Uh, yeah, watch him in The Expanse, which is really really good. Uh, but it's way more fun to call him Alexis Tufexis. It's way way more fun. Way more fun. I will. He say, didn't ask for uh, this. He, he did, oh my god! Stop act. it. <laughs> He always asks for this. He always the does. Look, so last, at, at, not, at San Diego Comic-Con 2015, he came on Games Radar's show, and I interviewed him and asked him, like, if he, like, I can't remember exactly what the question was, but I actually said, like, how tired are you of hearing I never asked for this, in effect, bringing up I never asked for this? And the, the momentary look of complete exasperation and yep. despair on his face is one of the best things I've ever seen in my entire life. <laughs> and then, he ended, but then yeah. you proceeded to bring it up nine times. At least. At the very least. <laughs> not, no, I'm not, I'm not even, this is not hyperbole. Oh, you counted? Oh, no, you no. You I, counted I, it out? It's Anthony. Of course it's not hyperbole. Yeah. <laughs> We ended up we're 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 good buddies now. Oh we're, yeah, we're Twitter, he, yeah. The friends. he loves you. He's, me and me and me and yeah. Alexis Tufexis are 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 old pals yeah. on the internet at this point. Uh-huh. Even that interview ended up going better. It, it all worked out. <clears throat> but anyway, yes, he is yeah. uh, the voice of Adam Jensen, but not in Deus Ex Go. However, he is Adam Jensen in Deus Ex: Mankind Divided, which you guys he have is. been playing. Yes. Segway. And, and, that was a way yeah. better segue. Thank you. Flawless segue. <laughs> flawless segue. He's, yeah, it's funny. Like, that's, I, I, I loved Human Revolution so much. Yeah, like, me too, man. I, I, I would go, I would go on record as saying Human Revolution slots into my top 10 favorite games of all time. Oh, wow. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Like, Human Revolution was a big deal for me in 2011. <clears throat> And I wasn't, uh, I wasn't really committed to the series. I, 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 I didn't play the original back in the day. I watched my college roommate play through it, and I thought it was really interesting. Like, even, even if you're just watching the original Deus Ex by Ion Storm being played in front of you, it's clear that what's happening is fascinating. But it also looked like a miserable experience. It's like, now I'm going to spend 45 minutes like tweaking all the balance points of my augments because <laughs> I need to get through this one conversation. I was like, no, this is why I play console games. Uh, but in, in Human Revolution, Human Revolution like had that sort of fiddly, artificial feel of a, of, of gaminess, coupled with this this very pulpy story it's just everything about it worked and alexis tufex is on top of that like i just fell in love with the character of adam jensen uh and i've weirdly not been super excited about mankind divided 
Really? Uh, Why not? Uh, yeah, well, I, I, I think we're, we're going to sort of get into the reasons why, because the biggest problem with the game is the biggest problem since they announced it. Right. Since they showed off the very first trailer of the game, which is the, the reality of Mankind Divided is that if you've played Human Revolution, this is structurally identical. Yeah. This is this is the same game from a play perspective. Like I was uh, you, I was talking to Anthony, it feels almost like an expansion than like a like a like an old-timey expansion where you'd spend $40 and they would just add more story is that, to the game. But is that a bad thing? No. no. Okay. Uh, yeah. Okay. And like I I wouldn't say an expansion, but definitely a sequel in the sense of you know, like a Ratchet and Clank sequel. Like you don't turn on a new Ratchet and Clank thinking, oh, they're going to reinvent the wheel. Everything's going to be different this time. Or a, a, a sequel in the way uh, that Portal 2 was a sequel, where it's like, here is here is this central idea, and now we're going to do more of it, and we're going to polish it to a high sheen. Okay. And, and Mankind Divided is... Like, Human Revolution had some rough edges. Uh, Dave has run into rough edges in Mankind Divided that I have not. I, I have not experienced. It controls better. It looks better. Uh, there are fewer little bugs and glitches and things like that in well, my in, experience. In your experience, yeah. I, I had yeah. a weird bug where um, the first district, uh, at a certain point along this quest line, just everyone decided to just go on alert. Like, no one's looking for me, but everyone is searching for someone, and everyone in the area is just frightened. Uh, I continued on the story, and once I came back after a certain story mission, everything seemed to reset. But uh, it seems to be just me who experienced yeah. that, so I don't know. Yeah, yeah. It's a, Dave walked I, I into, like, a bizarre bug. I break everything that I touch. Like, <laughs> you don't... If you see me at E3, you want to hide your games, because I will find a way to break your demo. <laughs> It happens. It's just, I am bad luck. He's not wrong. Yeah. yeah. Yep. So, uh, beyond that, it's it's very much the same. Like, Deus Ex is, is uh, you know, the human revolution and mankind divided are about plopping you into RPG settings, you know, sort of dungeons and towns with people to talk to uh, in, you know, cities in the latter 21st century, and they feel, in a lot of ways, very old-fashioned. Uh, Dave, you compared it to an old Bioware game in yeah, terms it, of it's scale. Very, um, where, like, environments are, there are very limited amount of places to go, but they're also really dense. Yeah, very um, layered. Yeah, layered, lots of, you know, people to talk to, quests to take the quest, go over here, complete the quest, go back, get your level up points, you know, uh, keep going, do that stuff. Um, mm -hmm. This game seems environmentally smaller than Human Revolution. Like, uh, in, in Human Revolution, there were a couple different, like, main hubs. And in this one, it seems like... Like, I'm only halfway through myself, uh, but, like, I, I've been kind of poking around at reviews in our own review on GamesRadar.com, which you can mm. read. Uh, but it seems like Prague, uh, the city of Prague that you're in at the start, is the only major hub of the game. Oh, interesting. Yeah. I, did not, I didn't realize that. See, Prague feels... It feels bigger than Detroit. Yeah. In Human Revolution, where you start in Human Revolution. That felt very, very small. It's bigger than Detroit, but, you know, you had Detroit and then you had Shanghai. Right. Like, you had you had both cities, and, and the final, there's a third sort of place you go 
in, in human revolution that's like an offshore city but like cities it's just a dungeon like yes, it's, it's just it's, it's mother just base. A <laughs> yeah it's it's yeah it's mother base for metal gear uh it yeah so you, you you do all the things you do in deus ex when you're there you sneak through vents into people's houses and, and you hack computers to read their email and you you uncover a thorny conspiracy and and in this game navigate the uh, the world that has been there there is and and this is the big problem with mankind divided is that its story premise imagines a world where prejudice and, and racism and and hatred man's hatred towards their fellow man is now globally defined in a binary system uh it, it's it's no longer uh, about one religion hating another religion or, or one uh ethnically self-identified group hating another one it's human beings hating augmented people people who have robot parts in in the world of deus ex because this game is picking up a few years after the first game wherein a it was it was just a switch was flipped by the bad guy in human revolution right, right Dave? yeah That's yeah he basically like he, he jensen basically failed in his mission like the the bad guy like you stop him eventually like you take down the the mm -hmm. the facility and everything but like he was able to enact his plan which caused every uh augmented person in the world to just basically go bananas yeah, they turn they turn into people. the they turn into the creatures from Twenty Eight Days Later. Yes, everybody has the rage, uh, and it's it doesn't matter what kind of augment you have. Like if all you have is a robot ear, be because you know you you lost an ear in a biking accident, like that's it. You got the rage because you have a robot ear, and now the world is completely segregated, uh, and and. Violence is erupting across the land, you know, unaugmented people killing augmented people and vice versa. And that's that's the world at large. And it's it's very it, it's actually a pretty interesting premise. Like I think I think the premise yeah, it's, on it's, its own yeah, is great. I just wish that Mankind but, Divided but, did something with it. Yeah, and there therein lies the problem. Mankind Divided is delightful to play. It's as environmentally intelligent as Human Revolution was. It's as it's as full of of characters that I think are really interesting. Yeah. One of the first people you meet, you know, I the very first thing that you have to do in the game uh, after like there's an intro stage where you 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 go to this crumbling uh, luxury hotel in Dubai and you're there to observe. A, an arms deal, a literal arms deal, <laughs> a literal arms deal. <laughs> this is this is what is happening. The terrorists lift up a like the sheet over their goods, and it's just a box of arms. And I was like, that's great. Uh, but you're there, you're there to like you know uh, to both observe, to find out who the bad guys are, and to extract your undercover operative who's with the sort of peacekeeping global task force that Jensen is working for at this point in his life. And then after that, you go to Prague, 
and Jensen is in a bombing at a train station, and so all his parts are are not working especially well, and so he has to go and meet this like punk rocker who owns a bookstore <laughs> in Prague. He's a he's a cyber everyone's punk like rocker. super like punk like like everyone just they stud their Ev- jackets, they have everyone's yeah everyone everyone looks like the cast of Triple X. <laughs> but with robot limbs. It's it's awesome. I love this game. <laughs> I love this game. I love this world. Everybody's super fashionable. They look like extras from Repo Man. Yeah, they look like extras. <laughs> they do look like extras from Repo Man. Yes, Harry Dean Stanton is pissed at everybody in Deus Ex. And so, yeah, I, I'm on my way to this first mission to go see Punk Rocker in the library to get my parts fixed. I... What ended up happening was I got distracted. I ran into a guy who's like, you can't go down this alley. You need papers. And then I fell into a side quest where I meet this young woman who is really idealistic and she was forging papers for people who were augmented so they could get through checkpoints and get around the city and out of the country if they wanted to. But she ended up getting roped in with these, you know, dirty cops who were extorting people, and and this is what the game does so well. It's, yeah. The it, side stories a, are great. Side stories are great. They, they have these great characters. It's like this pocket... Like, imagine... You know, Susan, the de- the sprawl of The Witcher 3? Mm-hmm. How you, like, you, you wander outside of a city and into a forest, and you meet these people that are hunters, and they know people in the city, and it feels like you're in a countryside. Yes. Deus, Deus Ex is about sort of compounding that feeling of bucolic sprawl that The Witcher 3 does into the density of an urban environment. And it does it very well. It's it's very cool. Like, even though it all... Like, you're, you're in this confined space and it's very video gamey. Like, it's arbitrary where you can go and where you can't go. It feels alive. And that's all so good. But then, beneath it is this conceptual layer that just doesn't work right. No. It, it, just, it feels weird. It, it feels weird. And it, it feels weird because the, I, the very fundamental idea that augmented people are a, a group that is downtrodden and needs to be protected falls apart. Because at no point, like... Like, there are, like, Adam Jensen, the only reason Adam Jensen is alive is he was in a horrific, a horrific attack by terrorists. They destroyed his body, and... It was a huge company, explosion, wasn't it? Yeah, he's thrown through a glass wall, yeah. and then an explosion. Like, every part of him is replaced. He has a robot chest, robot arms, robot eyes, and everything. And... Like, the whole idea is, like, yes, like, you know, we, we joke about it, like, they, I didn't ask for this, but he didn't. Right. Like, it was forced on him. But then there are other people, like, across the world who are like, oh, man, I got a bum knee. I, I guess I'll get a robot knee, because it's great. And, and oh, man, well, I you mean, know what? Here, in, okay, instead, so here's the instead thing. Instead of LASIK in, surgery. In, like, in their environment, instead of just putting up with glasses or getting LASIK... You would right. you would upgrade to an augmented eye, or right. you know you if you if you have arthritis or something you might want to give yourself sure. a robotic arm, or you know some people do it for kicks and giggles, other people do it to genuinely improve their lives. But right, right, it's, and that's that. It, but that's where the story is. Yeah, right. Yeah, 
that's where it is that's where it exists at the beginning of human revolution and like in human revolution it's like like civil unrest is happening because that's becoming normalized but traditional medicine is still there right like traditional medicine still exists and in the world after what is called the aug incident in mankind divided it's like it's like so wait are people not getting augmented anymore like it's not clear what the hell is going on and it's very very strange dave like you you you're further in yeah to the game you haven't finished it but like does it does it get any better i mean the the thing is is that all of it is really just sort of dressing for the for this the environment and for building on its conspiracy narrative as like uh, from where i'm in it's like okay so there's this group that is being accused of terrorism and they're like no you know we're trying to promote peaceful relations with between augments and humans why would we do this um someone else is pulling the strings blah 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 and like it just it becomes a backdrop it it wants to brush up against these very like the, the developers have claimed that they they came up with this concept before like black lives matter and all that stuff that was that has been going down but there's a poster on the wall that reads all human lives matter so i don't yeah it's like it's it's really on the nose about yeah. like building yeah. this conflict but then it doesn't really say anything about it because you are a passive observer like you are augmented like you are the most augmented but because of your special place in this task force you are given preferential treatment by everyone like all the cops still call you clank but you're never subjugated like the general populace so you never have to witness any of this sort of discrimination firsthand you know you just they're like oh you have you have special clearance you're fine i might swear at you in in polish but you know um and the thing is like i I feel like the story itself kind of suffers from the the bioshock school of both sides are bad narrative design mm-hmm. where it's like it, it it in in wanting to give the player a choice in these moments and in wanting to present both sides of a racism argument yeah uh because that's what this is they're they're you know they're switching out racism for augments but the the discrimination is still there um it comes off as toothless so like there's a part where like you you go through a psych eval um and she asks you a question like so so like how are you approaching um like your case and like your choices are well terrorism is always bad no matter what the humans uh maybe the humans shouldn't be so bad to augments and then the third choice is like i you know i'm it is not my place to decide and it's like it's weird right like by presenting this choice it seems like they're letting the player like like they're letting the player mold jensen through the path but in doing so they are not saying anything at all yeah and it yeah. it just it, it it's weird right like it's very, I, I, it's, yeah it's very it's very you, it's very weird especially because it it draws it draws so such explicit attention to things that seem to be similar to aspects of actual 
you know, actual culture in the United States. Right. Like there, there, there are there are two veins of real world political tension and cultural tension that that mankind divided sort of leans into, and it leans very hard into the territory of of pulling language and scenes from the the often very violent conflict between uh, the black community and the police in right. the United States. And it also pulls very, very heavily uh, from imagery from the sort of uh, nativist, anti-immigration uh, sentiment in the conservative communities throughout Western Europe. Uh, it's, it's explicit. And, like, explicit in weird ways at certain moments. Like... At one point, Jensen, at the beginning of the game, is talking to a guy who is is trying to convince him to speak with somebody who is developing cities that are just for augmented people. Mm -hmm. and, uh, and Jensen is like, oh, the guy that makes aug ghettos. And the guy is like, no, he's fine. He has a vision for the future of cities. And he goes, for augments, by augments. And I was like, did you really just do a FUBU thing in in Deus Ex Mankind Divided? Like, like the, the For Us, By Us clothing line was a huge deal for the African-American community in the United States at the beginning of the 21st century. Like, to, to use that language is very, like, like somebody's and, going to, to make that connection. Like, that's going and, to happen, so... If and they want you to... to they, they clearly want you to make that connection. Yes, They yes, want you they, to. That's the thing, like, 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 say, oh, you know, trying to judge this game, like, you know, apolitically or whatever. It's impossible. They want you to confront these issues, but the thing is, is that there's, there's a false equivalence. There's, right. like, yeah. you know, people don't choose to be what skin color they have. Right, like, right. like you know, so, some people, like Jensen didn't choose to be augmented, but a lot of people did. Right, it's not the right. same. It's not, it's not the same, and and as a result of that, the cognitive dissonance while you're playing, it always just feels very weird. Like, it yeah, just it, like it, it's not, and, and this this shouldn't. I don't think that what we're saying as a criticism, I don't think that it makes it a bad game. I, I no, feel it, like it, 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 I have complaints about the gameplay that you don't just because like yeah. I li you know after playing The Witcher 3 and Metal Gear Solid 5 I feel like open <laughs> right. world and stealth games have been ruined for me forever. Yeah. Um and Susan while that might seem strange to be like The Witcher 3 and Metal Gear Solid 5 as comparison points to this Dave and I've been talking all week about the fact that Deus Ex Mankind Divided in a lot of ways feel like if you smashed The Witcher 2 and Metal Gear Solid 3 together. Mm -hmm. This is this is the game you would get. Because it's these sort of very tight, very dense, small RPG environments that you're also supposed to be sneaking through. And and they feel it like it feels like those two games put together. And it's weird to play that in the aftermath of Witcher 3 and Metal Gear Solid 5, especially when you've played them as much as you have. <laughs> yeah. It, like, it, it was like me trying to go back to play Assassin's Creed Syndicate after spending, like, 80 hours in Metal Gear Solid 5 and going, like, none of this feels good. The stealth is bad. This is bad. It's always been bad stealth. Why haven't I seen this? <laughs> um, and, you know, but the thing is, is with, with Deus Ex, you kind of trade so, some of that jank for the ability to, like, use all your different powers and, like, 
sometimes you can go into a, a room and blast your way through. Other times, like, if you're smart, you can sneak in and find a way in, or you can just talk to the guy and bribe him, and he'll get you in that way. Like, you trade some of that polish for the ability to explore these situations in in ways that, like, both The Witcher 3 and Metal Gear Solid Five don't let you do. Mm. But, um... When you couple that with, like, the fact that the story just feels, like, it's weirdly tone-deaf. Yeah. Um, and, th- like, th- not to say that it- it's entirely without... Th- th- that the story I- is bad, exactly. It's just... It is br- it is specifically calling out very real issues that are currently going on. But it doesn't really have anything to say about them. Other than, like, racism is bad, maybe? Here's the thing, I don't think it's inherently bad for a game to not have an opinion. For it Mm -hmm. to say, for it to present a scenario and then allow the player to interpret that or maneuver through that or, you know, digest it however they see fit. But in this particular case, they've just landed on their presentation in such a tone-deaf way. Yeah. It's really unfortunate because if they had just pulled back a little bit and mm-hmm. let you and let you see the effects of because here's the thing if you if you've got a population that has mechanical parts and you know thousands of people millions of people across the world mechanical parts and you suddenly find out that these parts can be hacked and these people could become against their will a threat Mm. That's a problem. Mm-hmm. And that's, yeah. you know, that's a really interesting thing to examine because it would, mm-hmm. you know, you're not wrong to be afraid of these people, but at the same time it was against their will, so they're not wrong to say, mm-hmm. "Hey, cut me some slack." So it would have been really great if Mankind Divided had just presented that. Yeah. And then let you yeah. navigate that and then comment on the fact that Jensen is kind of in this weird position as being a a person of privilege despite yep. being augmented. And it, it graces up against that a lot yeah. of the time. Yeah. It's like, just... like, the way people react to Jensen as he's walking around Prague is fascinating because he's, like, people start hassling him because he's clear, like, he's, like, he, he can't hide yeah, no, the fact that he's augmented. Yeah. He's, he is clearly augmented. And so he's constantly being ha- hassled by cops and stuff like that. But they immediately are like, they look at his papers and they're like, oh, you're some kind of big shot. Like, you're some kind of big guy. And, like, the fact that he is privileged is informing the character. Mm-hmm. But I, I, yeah, and, and Dave, you're farther in. Neither of us have finished it. But it seems like the consensus is, is that even when you do finish it, the game never really, really resolves that. Yeah. Yeah. Never really deals with those facts as, as part of the core narrative. I just, I, I just wish it had been, it had been more subtle. You know, and, and, that, like just, and that's just, what I'm saying. Like, like, yeah. re- get rid of the all lives matter and the Augs lives matter, and just stop that. Stop it. Just stop yeah. it. Just present the situation without the rhetoric, yeah, or, or you know the slogans or the catchphrases, and just yeah. let people see the result, and then the player gets to interpret that or make of that what they will. Because that, because that's that that's ultimately the problem is that. I feel like whether or not that they they didn't trust the player to be able to make those interpretations, or whether they just they wanted to include this stuff to make sure that this this is the message that comes across. It just feels like, hey, hey, yeah. hey, 
<laughs> hey, look at the, you know this well, like this thing that's going on. Look, look, look at this. This is it's racism. Like, let's remember these are the people who kicked this all off with mechanical apartheid. Yeah. Right. Luckily, Which... luckily, I have not heard that phrase come up once in the game. Yeah. yeah. Right. And, well, and it's it's clearly taken out. Because the, the, the that beginning period where we were talking about uh, the this train station bombing, be, that's the very first thing they ever showed of the game. Like, they had, uh, almost two years ago now, they had a, like, live stream to be like, you know, here's the debut footage of Mankind Divided. And during that period, in Jensen's monologue, he mentions me- oh, Mechanical Apartheid in the old trailer. In... in for this part of the game that's in right. the finished product. It's not there in the finished product. And so it's like, like, oh, wow, so you guys did make that change. You you did veer back from using that language in the final game. But, but you did... Dave, you saw a sign that says all lives matter. Yeah, right? all human lives matter. Like, I, I, I wanted to make sure that I actually saw that sign and I wasn't, like, putting something together in my head. So I went back to the area where I saw it... Um, last night and yeah, yeah. no it, it plainly says all human lives matter it's yeah. okay this is here's the thing because when, when they manic- when the mechanical apartheid thing happened there was a lot of discussion about you know that it's it's a word with a definition and it does you're reading too much into it look you know the swastika that is <laughs> right that is it's just a Buddhist symbol, symbol. For luck. exactly it, the nazis <laughs> didn't create that they, you know, that symbol existed before they claimed it, but it, its meaning has been usurped by its association yes. with them. Similarly, the word apartheid has been used, its meaning has been usurped by what happened in South Africa. Period. The end. That is, that is it. That is it. Yeah. So you can't, words matter. Words mean things. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> if you're going to all words, yes, yeah, sure, sure they do. Yeah, 2016 has kind of proved that they don't. Oh no, no, no! <laughs> uh, words matter, facts don't. That's what 2016 has proven to us. But you know, it's so, and that's that's why I just wish they had been a bit more. It's like the game needs to be localized. Right. You know? Yeah. No, it, it really does. It really does. Yeah. And like Susan, you and I just yesterday were talking about the fact that. You know, this this game is made by a team of international people. You know, they, they're located in, in uh, Montreal, in Quebec, in Canada, but the head writer, Mary DeMarley, is American. The head sound guy is American. There's There are a lot of different people from a lot of different places working in this place. But uh, I can see how this game coming out of a studio in Montreal, in Quebec that is coming from that cultural background, I can see how this game happens. Because Quebec has been, for years and years and years, threatening to uh, secede from Canada yep. and become its own independent nation. And there, there is a very, very ferocious contingent of people who live in that province that have a very nativist attitude. It's a very us-versus-them conflict culturally in Quebec and I can see how that this game comes out of that but this this is this is an inter if you're releasing this game around the world <laughs> you've got to sit there and take a step back and say how is our language going to be viewed and like for all of those people who sit there and they're like screw you man it's just a video game and and you need to be able to look at it in a vacuum 
both things are true. It's not one or the other. Right. Like, yes, you can observe this in a vacuum. Yes, you can observe it as its own thing. But that that doesn't make it not true that this game is being released into a broader world. That it's being consumed by people of vastly different backgrounds. They're going to interpret it differently. This is how thing this is how language works. This is how criticism is born. Well, this is how I mean, criticism is this born. This is the thing. As a game, it's great. Great game. Right. The game's awesome. Right. Yeah, you'll love it. However, as a an artistic statement, as a, you know, as something with a story that is attempting to convey certain thoughts and ideas, falls a little yeah. short. It's a little, yeah. a little ham-fisted. And, and, like, I, it really reminds me, in a lot of ways, it reminds me of Resident Evil 5. Mm-hmm, yeah. And, yeah. and it, yeah. it, it reminds me very much of Resident Evil 5, and... The, the blow-up around Resident Evil 5 and its early trailers, uh, you know, I think is still, all these years later, very warranted. Like, and yes, absolutely, it's totally true that Capcom's internal studios in Japan meant no offense and weren't attempting to make some kind of racist game with charged racial imagery, but as true as that is, it is no less true that images of a huge, muscly, white American yeah. guy like Chris Redfield walking through a Nigerian village and fighting against black-skinned people who are behaving like monsters is racially difficult. Well, it, it wasn't even that for me as much as the tribe music playing over Oh, the it? tribe music? Or how about, you know, so and eventually... How about and they start throwing spears when... at you? Uh, they yeah. throw... Oh my god! Yeah. And Susan, how about Sheva Alomar? Oh, that the, yeah. the partner character, Sheva Alomar, who shows up and it's like, oh, well, one of our characters is from this country in the game. Yeah. Her first unlockable costume yep. is a oh. leopard print bikini so with bad. teeth coming off of it. Yeah. Like, and... and, and Again, like anybody that's like, oh, screw you, it's just a game, it's not racist. Both things are true. Yeah, that's, yeah, yeah. <laughs> both both things are true. Yeah, I, I, like, Susan, I don't know if you're planning on playing it. I don't know if you are a Human Revolution fan or if you just, like, want to support our, our good, close, personal friend, Alexis Dufexis. Uh, I, I enjoy uh, Human Revolution a great deal and do want to play this. It's it's great. I, I like, I, you know, I, I was sort of like, worried about it before I started playing. I was worried because I was feeling this ambivalence, even though I loved the game, and I was worried about all of these these, these sort of cultural tone of the thing. And then when I started playing it the other night, I couldn't stop. Like, I was like, I gotta go to bed at 11. I, yeah. I have a four-month-old. And then I, like, you know, looked at the clock, and it was two. It's that kind of game. Yeah. It's great. But there's there's a lot to unpack here. Here's, yeah. uh, here's, here's something that it... Th- and this is true... Across the globe. I, 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 unless you're f- familiar with the culture uh, uh, from living there, there are certain aspects of different region cultures that it's really hard to understand unless you're from there. Yes. Black-white relations in the U.S. are, especially if you live in the South, are very difficult to understand the nuance of them unless you're from mm-hmm. here. They just are. Like, you, you know it conceptually. Like, you know the, the, the details. But un, 
if you don't live here and encounter it on a daily basis, it's really tough to understand how deep it goes, as is true for other cultures, uh, you know, Irish, uh, you know, uh, Japanese, Chinese, Koreans, they all hate each other yeah, for some reason. Yeah. In, I, in it's a thing, I don't know. That, yeah. In the same way that everybody on this podcast doesn't understand the nuances of, of like, black versus white racial relations in Brazil. Like, right. we're not from right. Brazil. Yeah, exactly. That's a whole thing that we don't get. We don't have the background for. The, that, that is true for the U.S. as well, even though it's such a prominent thing in media consumed internationally. Right, exactly, exactly. So that's, I mean, people who are who are saying, you know, oh, you, shut up, get over it, it's just a game. Uh, totally understand where you're coming from. It is possible you you just don't understand where right. we're coming from. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and nobody's telling you you can't enjoy your game, also man. Also true, also Nobody's true. telling you you can't enjoy your game. But you can't. You're a bad person. <laughs> you're not allowed it. to. <laughs> you're a bad person. We're just saying that if you enjoy it, you're a racist. That's all. Right. I mean, that's we're all we're just, saying. We're just, yeah, Whoa. we're just saying. Let's walk that you're... back, baby. Let's <laughs> walk that back, baby. <laughs> Is somebody going to hop into the podcast at one hour and just start listening here yes. with no context? <laughs> I will kill you, guys. Whoa, comment. Games Radar Whoa. said if you like this game, you're a ra- No, we didn't stop it. Nope. Didn't happen. Didn't happen. Uh, on the opposite end of the spectrum, like Mankind Divided, uh, yay. For everything we've said, for all of our reservations, it certainly has gotten us thinking, you know? It's gotten us talking about uh, a game in a, a complex way. Uh, Dave and I, a couple of days ago, played a video game that literally made my brain feel like it had been shut off and rebooted in pure instinct mode. <laughs> where it was just like food, shiny thing, like light, do stuff, feel react, good, react, 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 and that is that is Titanfall two, uh, which if you're listening to this, you're probably coming out of a weekend with not an open beta, but the the pre alpha stress test, and I am not a Titanfall person. I played a bunch of the original. Susan and Dave, you are Titanfall people. Yes, Titanfall. Yeah. yeah, it's 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 the best it's the best first person shooter in recent memory. I don't like I I don't want to make a qualifier that it's the, like the best first person shooter ever, but it's definitely my favorite. No, because that's Time Splitters too. Well, <laughs> and I, I never played Time Splitters. Oh my so. god! I know, I know. We've been over this. This Jesus. is we've had this discussion. I need to play it. I'm a monster. <sighs> you are. I know. Okay. I'll fix it. Titanfall. It'll be fine. But yeah, no, Titanfall, it, it is, it takes the best parts of, like, the, the sort of the Call of Duty style, really, really fast movement, like, quick kills, uh, twitch action, and then throws in giant mechs, and then lets you wall jump everywhere, and boost jump, and it's just, like, crazy amounts of mobi- mobility, and then everyone decided to copy it. Like, no, Call of Duty tried to copy it twice. And every time, like, both with uh, Advanced Warf- Warfighter? Warfare? Advanced okay, Warfighter. Advanced Warfare, yeah. Oh, God, these names. Advanced Event- Warframe. Blobs Wait, 3. No. Advanced Warframe. <laughs> uh, Advanced War Guy. And, um, <laughs> and uh, Blobs 3. And both games, I'm like, this isn't the same. 
this does not feel the same. You, 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 you screwed it up, and I don't like these. I want to go back to Titanfall. Uh, nobody else thinks the same way because there are currently 3,000 people playing the first game online right now on <laughs> Xbox Live. Um, everyone seemed to dip out of it real fast. Well, okay. For the, the first problem was that there was no single player. The, yes. Uh, okay, no, that's not true. Technically there was, but it was <laughs> it, it was just multiplayer maps with bots that they, they didn't even put a story over. They just kind of stuck some chatter in there. It was yeah, terrible. That you can't hear yeah, that you because can't hear. you're too busy trying to blow everything up right. and hold objectives. Right. It was it was it was bad. It was not good. So uh, and the there were there were only three models of mech. They didn't differentiate from themselves enough. Yeah. Uh, it there just wasn't enough meat on the bone. And then the Call of Duty assholes started playing. And they mm-hmm. started doing all their Call of Duty stupid tricks like camping. Yeah, the bro down. Yeah. yeah, camping spawn spots and all that. And it stopped being fun unless you were part of that crowd. Now! On on Xbox, that was true. On yeah, and, PC, okay. it, that, it, it stayed pretty... I, I, I was telling Dave, Susan, like, I'm, I played Titanfall 1 primarily on PC, mm-hmm. and I'm terrible at competitive shooters. I'm just not good. And... <laughs> I remember, like, getting through my first two matches, and I was like, oh, this is going to be dreadful. And people were like, hey, man, you know, you've, you've really got a lot to polish up, but great job out there. Keep playing. Here are some <laughs> things that you might want to consider differently. I was like, what is this <laughs> awesome. beautiful world? Wow. That is yeah, the, the Titanfall, cool. like, the, the player community is surprisingly civil. I've found uh, it's like you know the Call of Duty assholes come in and ruin it, but like the the act, the core group of people that still play Titanfall, I have had nothing but good experiences with. Um, the other problem too was that it was only on Xbox One and PC. Well, sure, yeah. of course, and that was that was the larger issue. But can I tell you about something in Titanfall Two that I'm really excited about? What's that? Yes. What's that? Okay, so in the original Titanfall, your mechs came down on a clock. No matter, you could just stand there and wait if you wanted to. You didn't have to be doing anything, and you would get a mech. That was that was the way it worked. Right. In Titanfall Two, you have to earn your mech by doing things. Yes. Which means yeah. that if you're the tool who is sp- who is camping the spawn site, you're not going to get your mech. You're not going to get any of your buffs. Yeah. Nothing is going to happen. Yeah. It disincentivizes that kind of gameplay, mm-hmm. which is awesome. Yeah, it's yeah. awesome because because tight like Titanfall is all it's it is it is a game that is about constant movement, right. constant forward movement. Go to your objective, take out these guys because everything that you do, whether you're taking out the human controlled pilots or the AI controlled grunts, like helps your team in yes. some way. Yeah, 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 yeah. And that was the other thing. I know I, people were when they found out that you had to earn your Titan, they were very concerned that it was going to be like a little too much like Call of Duty where you have to be really quite good. Nope. You can be the okayest gamer and, mm-hmm. and you will earn a mech because the stuff you do carries over between lives. So it doesn't, it doesn't even matter if you're like getting cut down constantly. <clears throat> it just, it carries over. And eventually, no matter what, as long as you're doing stuff, you're going to get a mech. I mm-hmm. got my guy in in the stress test plenty of times, I, even though uh, I was pretty much I would come back to life and just get shot. 
immediately. Yeah, that'll happen. Yeah. Immediately. Yeah. See, but the funny the funny thing is playing just that stress test for Titanfall 2, the you're back to life, now you're dead thing, mm-hmm. never frustrated me in the same way that playing Call of Duty did. Or Battlefield. You know, say, yeah, or Battlefield. I, I've, I've played Battlefield 3 and 1942, and that's it. And I was, after like half an hour with each, I was like, nope, not for me. I'm out. Goodbye. I'm done. I'm not doing this anymore. Because it's just, it, the, the bar of entry there is, it, it's not that high, but it's not worth the effort to me. That doesn't, that's just not my sense of fun. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and Titanfall 2, meanwhile, is, I, I never had the sense that even when we were playing with people who were clearly very skilled, like we were playing with like YouTubers and stuff, oh God. Who, were, who were ridiculously good, but at the same time, I always felt that the the very nature of the game mode that we were playing and the way that characters move in Titanfall and how it plops you right back into the action and encourages you to keep trying as a way to get you to those titans and your your buffs and stuff like you were saying Susan it felt awesome it felt it felt very inviting and yeah. and just a refined version of how inviting the original was. Yeah, it's, it was really exciting. It really helps that every single action in that game makes you feel awesome. Like yes. even yeah. the act of just sprinting across the mm-hmm. map has a has a weight to it that a lot of um, a, a weight and a speed to it that a lot of first person shooters don't have. And now you have the grappling hook, which oh, lets so you good. It's launch. implemented so well. Yeah, because like not 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 only is it a quick way to just get up a building. But you can boost jump while you're using it, so mm-hmm. you can launch yourself up and over things, and you can launch on and you can launch onto enemy pilots, enemy titans. Use that to lasso them, uh, or to to uh, to rodeo them. I'm sorry, lasso. I'm getting my uh, western. <laughs> you can lasso. You can up. lasso people though. Like you can like if you run up on a on somebody and you, it's hard. It's really hard to get it to connect, but you can grapple. Just somebody who's on the ground and drag them to towards you with the grappling mm-hmm. hook, which is yeah, it's like lassoing. You don't twirl it above your head, <laughs> sadly. And the, the, the other thing with the Titans is that they because it's not based on a countdown timer; it's based on your actions. It makes the Titans feel more special. Right. Right. Because in the first game, they were just like the Titans would just drop and then they would get destroyed, and then it's like okay, well, I'm out of this one, but whatever, I'll get another one and two minutes anyway so it doesn't matter whereas this like you because you have to earn them and because there aren't as many titans on the map especially the beginning of a match um because you know, like that i was reading one of our reviews uh or one of our interviews up on gamesradar.com and like that's why they got rid of burn cards because there were burn cards praise where jesus because could... burn cards sucked they were not fun yeah. they just they messed with mess with the whole flow like, yeah you could just hey uh spawn in a titan instantly oh okay yeah like and and now there's like a a natural sort of ebb and flow in a match where it's like it's just pilots and you're just doing your objective and then suddenly like after a few minutes one titan appears and then more people get their titans and that's that's a it was a really really smart decision because you don't get that glut of titans on the field all at the same time like a single Mm -hmm. titan can make a huge difference in mm. the game at, at that particular moment, which is cool. Um, and, and it also gives you a, a lot of 
more of a reason to care about being a pilot and being good at being a pilot, which yeah. makes sense because the, having a mech shouldn't be the magic wand to win. That would be the smart pistol. No. Right. Which, by the way, <laughs> well, the- so for, for folks who uh, didn't get to watch our stream, the smart pistol is no longer part of your loadout. It is something called a boost. It is a temporary perk that you can get. And, of course, it still has magic bullets, and it's ridiculously overpowered, but it's temporary. Yeah, you, you, you can't just run around with it from the get-go. You actually have to earn it, right. which is really cool. Mm-hmm. Um, and the way that they, they, they handle the progression system is different now. So it's like, as you don't gain experience points from winning matches, you gain, uh, oh god, what do they call it? Uh, they're like accommodations, basically. So if you win a match, you get an accommodation. If you um, do really well in a match, you get an accommodation. I think you also do get one just for play, like for finishing a match. And then you like you can level up some of your weapons and your, uh, your titan stuff. Um... But then what you do is the, the, the accommodations look like little wrench icons. And do you mean as commendation? You up, you, commendation? Is that the word you that mean? That sounds right. Yeah. Yes. Accommodation yes. is a commendation. hotel. Yeah, it's a different thing. <laughs> <laughs> totally different thing. It's you get accommodations when you perform well. Susan, uh, if, you, if you do really well, if you take out two titans in a row, and one, one, of those little tick, <laughs> one of the little tick robots that are in this game, the little red helper bots, yeah. will come out. He has a miniature Toblerone for him. <laughs> uh, a nice little, like, a, 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 a three-milliliter bottle uh, of Johnny Walker Black and a, a pillow. And he, ge- we'll and he gives you a voucher stay. for a two-night stay at Holiday Inn. Yeah, and he says, here's your continental breakfast. <laughs> like, a, a blueberry muffin. <laughs> there are no blueberries in this muffin. I saw one. Um, the hard-boiled so... eggs are over there. <laughs> So yeah, so you get you get these commendations. There's the word. There you go. Uh, and they look like little wrenches. So as you level up, you will unlock a lot of your abilities naturally. Your abilities, your weapons, your upgrades to those weapons, that sort of thing. Or you can save up your commendations and you can use them to unlock certain perks and abilities and weapons or upgrades early. And that allows you a little bit more freedom. So it's like, well, I don't like what I'm getting... But this looks really cool. But I need forty commendations to, to do it. Well, I'll just save these up then, and then unlock it at level four or whatever. And in, instead of waiting until level twenty to get it, it feels to me like you know that how how the first Assassin's Creed, you could see the DNA in there. Yes. But it kind of felt more like a proof of concept than a game. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then Assassin's Creed Two is like the real first Assassin's Creed game. I, right. I yep. kind of feel that way about Titanfall. Like, Titanfall, the original, had, you know, the, the bones were there. But now Titanfall 2 is the actual first Titanfall game. Right. Yeah. I, I, I completely agree with that. I completely agree with that. And I, I, the fact that, you know, I, I'm not saying that a game needs a campaign to be a great game. No, of course not. That's, that's, that's not what I'm Left saying. Left 4 Dead proves but that you I, don't need that. Right. Left 4 Dead definitively proves mm-hmm. that uh, team fortress 2 mm-hmm. all of these different games that said i think titanfall 2's world is going like i find it so much more interesting now that there's going to be 
that to ground it. The fact that there's going to be a campaign there to ground all of this different multiplayer stuff mm-hmm. makes it so much more interesting and inviting to me personally. Well, sure. I mean, and, the single yeah. the single player campaign is going to give you the opportunity to give a hot damn about right. the IMC versus the militia. Like in in yeah. just multiplayer, it's just whatever side you happen to be on at the time. Like who mm-hmm. cares? You're red or you're blue? Right. Who gives a crap? Right. And it, and you switch yeah. between matches. It's like, "Oh, I'm militia this time. Okay, fine. Whatever. I don't care." So a, a single player adding some lore and context to who you're fighting, why you're fighting, whether these guys are your sworn enemies or whatever, good idea. Yeah. Yeah, and and the, and the fact that they they changed what the campaign is going to be like, that it's like puzzle solving and environmental navigation as opposed to just the raw combat is it, it's just it seems that Respawn is really thinking about all the different ways that they can take that that sort of prototype skeleton of what they made with the original Titanfall and, and blow it out into something really, really cool. Mm-hmm. Man, yeah. I, I didn't get a sword, though. I never got a sword. From I don't Titan. think any... Yeah, I don't think any of the... Because the, there are only the two Titans. There's the Ion and Scorch. I don't think Scorch. either of them have, have a sword. I'm not sure. I could deal. I, could uh, deal, I, could deal I did. I did kind of. I something came to me when I was playing a match. I was looking around, and like you know how you were you were wondering why everyone, uh, like all of the multiplayer characters, look like Chappie. <laughs> um, yeah. I, I think, and like the, the, I think it has to do with the fact that, like, I it, I noticed that it wasn't just me who looked like Chappie, the person I was playing as in the multiplayer match. It was everyone. So yeah, I'm thinking that, like and that. like when you start, you have like the name of it looks like a name of a team. So I'm thinking that what is happening is that this is like some sort of like tournament mode. So people control these AI robots. Oh. And like use this to practice. Oh, that's really cool. That's yeah. like that's that's really cool from a lore like perspective. When like, does D Ant Word show up? Though? <laughs> <laughs> when when do you get to be ninja and and summon your titan with all its like do you have like a titan that has like a, a golden grill on the front of it like fake big gold teeth but no. mounted on the robot face <laughs> there's no no customization like that Damn which it. makes susan sad it does <laughs> yeah why don't they have customizable titans that seems like such a that people would go bananas for that i don't know understand Ugh. i just want to put cat ears on this is okay so I, 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 I wrote an article about you know for the love of god just please let me be dazzle my titan and uh it talked about the fact that the first Titanfall felt very much like you go to the gym you take a basketball from the rack you play basketball for a little while you put the basketball back and you have zero feeling about it whatsoever it felt the same way like you had no attachment to any of the tools you were using to play the game. Like in Destiny, you care about your armor. You care about your gun. And in Titanfall, you simply did not. Whereas being able to customize your Titan would help you form an emotional attachment to this machine. It doesn't make any sense. Don't get me wrong. I mean, it's, 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 this is, this is a, a, a machine coming off a rack from an orbiting spaceship. They're not going to put cat ears on every third one just so you can... I mean... But... No, but but you know, like people in World War II would paint pretty ladies on the side of their oh, airplanes. Sure. I oh, mean, sure. yeah, yeah. So yeah. Uh, why not put cat ears right. 
I mean, you know. And I'm like, okay, I want I want to put cat ears on mine and maybe make it pink. And a guy in our comments was like, Those, that anime idea is stupid, but it would be really cool if you could make it camo. Like, okay, dude, we're talking. We're literally. <laughs> we're literally talking about the exact same thing. Like, I want to paint it. You want to paint it. I want cat ears. You want to be whatever. It's the same thing. Oh you my want to god! Throw on some cargo shorts and <laughs> <laughs> backwards cap. Uh, Guy Fieri glasses. Oh, Guy Fieri man. glasses. Some some flames. Some extreme fajitas inside the Titan. <laughs> Because it's you gotta have those accommodations, man. You gotta you have those accommodations. You do. Uh, so both of you, another game that is a, a Dave Roberts and Susan aren't approved joint. We've been working up to talking about this on the podcast for two weeks. Dave has a wonderful write up of this game on Games Radar right now. It is called Reigns. It's called Galgun. It is a Vita game that you can. <laughs> it is called. It is called it is called Don't Ever Show This to Anyone in Public. It's called, it is rated E for Everyone. Yep. That's what the back of the box says, and I'm sticking to it. No, it's called Reigns. It's incredible. Um, Reigns? Yeah. I, so I described this. I, 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 was, I was posting your article about this up on Games Radar's many social networks that you should like, follow, and subscribe like, to. Like, follow, subscribe. <laughs> like, like, follow, subscribe. Follow, subscribe. <laughs> I was posting up your article again, and I, I I described it as like Tinder, but super awesome if you love swords. Is that? No, do, that's do you not feel even, okay about no, that? No, that's not. Well, you're you're a king. You're you king, are correct. Yes. Yeah. There are sword you're, fights. There are sword fights. There, there are optional sword fights. There are optional sword yeah. fights. Okay. Look. Um. You okay. <laughs> yeah, rain, this is Reigns is a Reigns is a strange concept. Reigns is is, is, a, is a is a wacky little game. Okay, so Reigns is a mobile game. It is very similar in Tinder in that the own the ways you make decision in in the game is you swipe left or right. You are a king. You've been cursed by the devil because you as you as you are at, you know like you do uh, because <laughs> you you asked for uh, immortality um, but you forgot. But you forgot to uh, add the bit that your your soul, like basically, your soul lives on, but your body keeps dying. Yeah, you 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 wanted to live forever, but you for, you forgot the little the little necessary detail that what you really meant was that you wanted to like actually live forever, right. and not just constantly die and right. have your soul reborn as the new heir. Exactly. So uh, you're gonna die a lot in this game. It's kind of it's part of the thing. So you've been cursed by the devil. The ultimate goal in the game is to break the curse. But along the way, you're trying to govern your country. Uh, and you have four meters. One for the church, one for the people, one for the army, and one for your bank. You need to keep them round the middle. Because if they get too low, you die. If they get too high, you die. So you're constantly making decisions based on how they will impact the meter. Like... You know, you uh, if you go on a crusade, uh, the church will be super happy. People, less so. If you marry the princess from the neighboring kingdom, it's good for everything. If you don't uh, quarantine the pier when a boat comes in with plague, you'll save money, but then everybody dies. So these are the kinds of decisions that you have to make, and it's it's the great it's a great thing to just play in short bursts. Perfect commuting game. Perfect commuting yeah. game. Like, games are over in a handful of minutes. Yeah. 
Um, the the my favorite part about the game is the way that it is constantly adding to itself. Mm, mm-hmm. So, like, you're not just making these decisions to make these decisions to see how long you can last. You're also, there are three different objectives, much like other mobile games like uh, Jetpack Joyride, that sort of thing, where, you know, you want to accomplish something once you accomplish it. Like, in those sorts of games, you would just get, like, a monetary award or some experience. But what this does, usually, is that when you complete an objective, it's usually uh, unlocking like a new advisor for your for your kingdom or a new person to interact with or a new object or a new um, artifact or something. And when you unlock them, that adds a whole other set of event cards to the deck that you can then uh, make decisions from, which then continue to add more scenarios. And the game is constantly pulling out these really cool surprises like... Um, like you're you're playing along and then suddenly oh there's combat and then you know you die and then you you come back and you go and you're like okay hey we found something under the dungeon so you you like hey let's check it out and there's a whole dungeon to explore just there and if you could figure out what's like how to how to navigate it then there's a reward there as well and the, there are so many really cool ways like it does so much with just swiping left and swiping right um that like I don't know I, I was just I was constantly delighted by it and it's three dollars it's surprisingly good storytelling given that all you're yeah. doing is is making relatively binary decisions and mm-hmm. it it's silly and it re- it rewards you for play because as you add to your deck you learn what certain decisions do you learn that marrying the princess is gives a boost to all of your meters. You learn that not quarantining the ship is bad. You learn, eat the orange mushroom. Just trust me on that yes. one. <laughs> eat it. Just eat it. Eat it. You learn that your dog is kind of a dick. So <laughs> that information helps you as you play the game so that you can live longer and longer and longer and maybe break the curse. Mm-hmm. And uh, like what I had one of my friends uh, complain to me like, I let my bank get too high and suddenly I died of a heart attack because I ate too much food? That's that's BS. And I'm like, they called gout the king's disease for a reason. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. like you know, like because that's the thing. It's like, if, if they get too low, obviously that's bad because it means that, like, you, you, you have neglected them for so long and they get angry and um, they, they basically kill you in one of a handful of different uh, hilarious ways. But if you let them get too high, it's like you've let that faction grow too powerful. Right. And then they decide, nah, you know, like if you let, you know, you, you let your money grow too high, they're like, no, nah, we're an oligarchy now. See ya. <laughs> or if you let, like, the people meter get too high, it's like, well, the people want, like, they're, they were so happy that they basically, like, they let you retire while they took over. <laughs> um, yep. And yeah, just like di- different, different things like that. Um, it's, it's really good. I love it. Who made Raids? Uh, Nereal. It's a really small like, independent developer out of... I'm not sure where in Europe, but I think... like This started as a, a game jam game, I want to say, because I remember reading about it a while ago where it's basically... They, they made... It, it was a lot more like Tinder in that it was like you're a king and it's kind of a dating sim. And there's there's a part in the game where that you, that you can play that kind of simulates that part of it where you're swiping through and you can date a pigeon. I have um, not gotten to date the pigeon yet. Yeah. I don't know how to get to date the pigeon. You, 
you 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 do that part that gets you to the dating thing. You just keep saying no until it shows up. But you get you say no to what part? <laughs> I'll tell I'll tell you okay, off the fine, podcast. Okay, okay, yeah, okay, not gonna okay. spoil it. Not gonna uh, spoil it. But yeah, so uh, but yeah, no, it's just okay. It's, here's, it's a lovely game. Sometime, okay, here's an example. One of Matt, one of your advisors, comes to you and says a convent of nuns has started meowing like cats. It's spreading to the village. <laughs> Here are your choices. You can uh, call in your general, or you can just say, "Why would I care?" And see what happens. Yeah. yeah. And like sometimes, and you know, the the the, the individual choices uh, like that don't necessarily have like sometimes they have a greater effect on your kingdom, but most of the time it's just like it's more about affecting those meters. It's not in, it's not deep in the way that something like a Crusader Kings kind of game is deep. Like it's a kingdom sim, but it's very it's it's very light, and I think that's to its benefit. Like it, it knows what it wants to do without getting like too into the nitty-gritty of like well i need to do these edicts that will ha- last for 500 years magna Carta. like no it's not that kind of game but i wonder if this will run on my iphone it's also on pc oh it's also on pc i can yes. play it on pc yes it is a feel, pc feel, and mobile game i feel like i'll miss out on the swiping um yeah. i mean it's 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 not super necessary not super necessary. No. Well, I, 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 you guys, you guys, your your love of this game has convinced me. I'm gonna make it happen. It's three dollars. Like that's the thing that like, it's not a ten dollar game. It is yeah. a three dollar game. It knows it's a three dollar game, and it does so much for like to to subvert your expectations and it, like at such a low. Co- it's like it's like uh, Devolver also published uh, Downwell. Mm-hmm. Which is also a three dollar game that is full of like it's it's an incredibly deep game that is a very specific kind of game that doesn't really do a whole lot more than do a handful of things really well, but there's enough depth enough depth to it that it feels like a fully fledged game, but it's still like it's it's three dollars like it knows it's a three dollar game it's not a ten dollar twenty dollar game um and yeah, it's it's just it's delightful. It's absolutely delightful. Go play it. Yeah, go, I'm, go play I'm gonna it. do it. I, do I, it after. Yeah, I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna play this game. Uh, if you are listening to this on Monday, we're recording it on Friday. And speaking of things that I I should just do, guys, do I need to go buy that that Res Infinite PlayStation? 4 you haven't already? Games? Oh my god. Well, here here's the thing, Susan. I want to bring this up. Because it's like, yes, I want, I want the Res soundtrack. Oh, I know, so bad. So bad. But I am eight bits. Price for that vinyl version is obscene. What is it? Is they want seventy? Okay, here's what. That seventy five dollars for two LPs. Oh dear. And they say, oh well, it comes with an art book. It is a forty pa- forty eight page insert. That is part of the record oh. sleeve. It's not a book. It is part of the record sleeve. Oh. $75. The cheapest shipping is $13. This is a $90 2LP set. Okay, now, I, no, I, I don't feel bad for... I, see, I was I desperately wanted it because I love Res so much. I don't actually yeah. have a record player. So right. I was like, look. No. Stop it. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I have I have the L, the I am eight bit LP for Journey, but mm-hmm. that was thirty five dollars. 
Right. It was thirty-five dollars. Yeah. And like, and 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 so I, you know me, Susan. I'm I'm a, a record collector. You are. You, you I, are I like, an actual legit record collector. Yeah. Yes. I'm 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 a little bit of a music obsessive. Like, right? oh, oh, <laughs> a little bit, of, a little oh. bit of an obsessive, uh, slightly. Slightly. And I like your Spotify I like, playlist is really good, by the way. <laughs> Thank you. Oh, it's really good. I yeah, man. I'm glad you dig that. I it came out really good. Everybody, if you if you're listening to this and don't know, Games Radar did a guest uh, playlist for Spotify's new gaming channel. Uh, I really encourage you to go listen to it because really I, I, sp- I spent some time putting it together. It's really cool. But like, I love game soundtracks on vinyl uh, because the mastering process of putting it on there is great because you, you end up getting the whole thing straight from the source. It's not diluted by being pumped through the game hardware that's running it. Like, it, you know, if you, I recently got the Castlevania soundtrack that Mondo, oh, the Mondo one. Ooh, it's great. And it, like it's the original NES soundtrack, and you get to hear these songs completely unfiltered from being pumped on your TV or an emulator. It's this wonderful version of the music, and I mean the Mondo the Mondo record was twenty bucks, and like that's reasonable for 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 that. Like this is this is something that they're not making that many of, or a more comparable thing to this Res release is Brainwave which is a wonderful music label that's actually putting out a lot of brand new music by old video game composers. Susan, I don't know if I told you about this, but Sayori Kobayashi, I don't know if you know that name, but she is the wo- she is the woman who did all the music for Panzer Dragoon. Oh, snap. All the Panzer Dragoon games. And Brainwave put out like a brand new album of her music. It's awesome. So good. Now, their big like their big release you know, that's the, sort of their flagship, was they did a Street Fighter Two box set. And this thing is, is sexy as hell. It is a gorgeous, full-color box with the original flyer art for the original arcade game. It is four LPs. Ooh. It is two, two LPs for the CPS-1 version of the soundtrack, two LPs for the Super Street Fighter Two soundtrack that was on the CPS-2 soundboard, Every version of these songs on the original arcade hardware, a booklet with interviews with Yoko Shimomura, four beautiful art stock quality cardboard for the sleeves for the records. The whole thing's $100. Oh, wow. Ship- with shipping, $100. So you tell me this, I am 8-bit. How <laughs> is this, this monument to quality that Brainwave has put out is only twenty five more dollars than your list price on the Red soundtrack. You know, I I I feel like I'm having to pay the oh we're in Los Angeles and we're the super cool place tax. No, that no, sucks, no, 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 no. Because like I said, the Journey uh, LP was thirty five dollars, which is completely right. reasonable. Totally reasonable. Totally reasonable. And that was from I Am 8-Bit. So that's, it's, I think this is the, the Res is cool is this, tax. Is this the Res is cool tax? I think tax? so. Is this Tetsuya Mizuguchi being like, fund my band? Why? <laughs> everybody, everybody please like Child of Eden Nobody more than you Eos, liked it. I need to. Which honestly, <laughs> I would be like, I would, hey, if he wants to just ask for money. Like just straight up, like, hey, I do cool <laughs> stuff. Busking on a street corner. I will happily. Because he is—he yeah. is rad. He does rad things. Yeah, he's the like, best, dude. You, do you need a Patreon? I will contribute to that. Seriously, 
But yeah. Yeah. $75 for the sound? That's a, obscene. A little I would I'm not sure I would go with obscene. Uh, it, for my personal set of but values, which I oh, openly admit are not very not, Well, here's the thing. I, I, I want to make it things. clear. You are not uh, afraid or reluctant to pay a premium price for something you feel deserves it. Not at all. Yeah. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. So I'm I'm perfectly happy to do yeah, that. As am I. But yeah, this this seems that seems a little overpriced to me. Uh, I will I will say I am probably going to end up springing for the physical copy of the game because oh, for I sure, did not yeah. realize yeah. that I didn't realize that it was Res Infinite was I thought it was PSVR only. No, they, they've, it was, they've I, said that like from the beginning that it's like it's just it's PSVR compatible. It's not just yeah only that's for awesome. VR. That makes me really happy. Yeah. I didn't realize that. I was already excited about this game, and now I'm even more excited. Do we know what's new in Res Infinite? Have they announced that at this I point? I believe there's uh, they, one new level. There's one new I level. Believe. That's enough. I, I, well, fine. yeah. I mean, that's, <laughs> that's uh, okay. Gone. A does there need to be anything? I mean, really. Let's be honest. <laughs> Like, how many times have we all bought Res? I'm up to three. Yeah, this will be my yeah. third. This will oh, be this my will third. be my fourth. Yeah, this will be my third. Already. Oh, yeah, really? Already. Oh, you have the Dreamcast I one? sure do. Oh, <laughs> that's awesome. That is not cheap anymore. That is, Dude. that is, you cannot, you cannot get that version of Res for, for less than many dollars. Many dollars. Do you think the digital version will be cheaper? Do you think that there's, like, an up... No, like, it'll be it'll be forty for bucks. Four, okay. Yeah, I think it'll be forty dollars. I think I think that that's the the that's just gonna be the way things go from now on. I think the days of a cheaper digital version, uh, on at least on the consoles, that's I think that's over. Yeah. Well, I just I, I just meant like, that like, um, like if if they were increasing the price because it was a physical copy, because like I like doesn't limited run do that. They, limited, like, yeah, the, limited the games are a little bit pricier price. because yeah. you are getting the physical version, which is which is yeah. totally reasonable. Totally, yeah, yeah, it's totally reasonable. Like, and plus, it, it's very. I was actually reading the other day about what it costs to do these small runs of PS Vita games, and it's it's very expensive to make a physical Vita yeah. game compared to putting out a, a PlayStation Four Blu-ray. Yeah. Well, I mean, dude, look at how much the the memory cards cost. Like, I'm sure that you know it's all proprietary stuff, yep. and yeah. you have to get it sourced through these very specific channels. And <sighs> oh, the Vita. <laughs> oh, oh, the Vita. Oh, the Vita. See, that's. I feel like the show always ends in the same. It kind of does. Like, it's not radio. <laughs> like this. Is, uh, but but here's the thing. This is how you know this is not a counterfeit podcast pretending to be a games radar podcast because we've mentioned the, the vita we've this, this is the real shit have, have we mentioned 90s r&b or hip-hop in any way have we done that yes cnc music factory okay done yeah we went right out we totally yes. did done <laughs> done it's all there it's all there for you everybody it's all there for you every single week uh, if you are listening to this and you you haven't become a subscriber to Radio Radar, we encourage you to do that on iTunes. This is my my weekly imploration, which isn't a word. I'm making imploration up. I'm using it anyway. <laughs> it's your accommodation. Uh, say, if you could my... provide an accommodation for us on on yeah. iTunes, that would be really yeah. super. I'm never I'm never I, you know I only write for a living. <laughs> And it's all—it's only my job to find the right words for a situation, you know. 
Yeah, uh, it, we we cannot we cannot ask you enough to to give the podcast a review on iTunes. I cannot explain how important that is. Most of our reviews are from 2008, everybody. Yeah. I don't think I existed before 2008. I think like I I think I came fully formed into the world that year. Uh, you, you were part of a of a time loop from season five of Lost. Like somehow yeah. you only existed within this. <laughs> yeah brief span of time and you'll disappear in about 10 years and then go yeah. back to 2008 mm-hmm. and and every now and again i will threaten the guy from person of interest in a cabin in the woods that's that's who i am on the <laughs> what? uh what? that do you remember that the guy from person of interest uh is he like the bad guy He's yeah. Okay, first of all, and this is another way you know this is the real radio radar we're talking about lost again Yes, we are. <laughs> I, I bailed after about two seasons because that show wasn't any good. Oh, okay, so, yeah. oh so yes, you missed the whole thing with the others then, huh? Yeah, no, wait, yeah. were they, were the others the, uh, that French girl? No, oh. no, there's the others, the others were the people that actually lived on the oh, island. Oh, stop it. Yeah, Ben, ben yeah. was the guy from season, he, he showed up in season two, he said his name was Henry Gale. Right, right, he right. He came in right. on a hot air balloon and they captured him. And he was stuck in the hatch for, like, I don't know, three months. Right. Right. But his real name was Benjamin Linus, and yes. he's, like, an evil mastermind. Oh, stop it. Yes. Stop anyway. It. Just, it's like a bad <laughs> arg. Just stop it. It, it. Is. it is. It really it is. is. Yeah. It's real bad. Uh, we, we also I've come to inc- accept that now. We also encourage you to go to gamesradar.com if you missed uh, the things that were going on at Gamescom last week, which are not abundant gamescom was kind of dead this year we did have some wonderful 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 preview coverage of really exciting games from leon and dave uh we have write-ups of batman vr and prey and dishonored 2 and there's a delightful video of uh dave h playing uh batman vr on facebook that you need to watch it's 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 so good this is this is what's just so so sad. So Dave got to do Batman VR. He's a huge, huge Batman fan. And he gets to do Batman VR. Awesome, right? Like, the video is delightful. Leon, meanwhile, had to try the Nauseous Rift. Which, oh. which if you, I can't believe it's, it's real. real! Which, if you don't know what that is, it is basically smell-o-vision. Okay, yeah. it's, a, it's an apparatus you put over your nose while you are playing uh, South Park, The Fractured Butthole. And... <laughs> See when you say it out loud, that joke makes way more sense. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but but you but you gotta you gotta make sure you put the cadence in exactly the right right spot. Mm-hmm. Anyway, mm-hmm. Uh, and then when you fart in the game, you smell it. In real yeah. life, I, it's I I can't, Good. I can't. When I saw Leon wearing yeah. it, I I was like I was like holy shit, they actually made it. Like I thought it was just a joke. Like I thought it was just a gag. I can't believe that that well, exists. Well, it's a gag. And, it's just a different right. kind of gag. It's more of a, you know, right. kind of gag. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yes. Uh, uh, also, I, I highly encourage you to uh, check out um, Dave's preview of Rise of the Tomb Raider on PS4 because they are oh, adding yeah. content to it called Bloodlines. That it's, So it's not just going to be the original game. It's got some extra stuff in it. And it sounds really cool. It takes place in yeah, Croft I'm Manor. Gonna... It's neat. Susan, oh, I'm going to play that game again. I'm going to play we... that Croft Manor's back? Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah. Oh, the first time yes. in 10 years. Yes. 
Okay. So that's why I, I'm, I'm, I'm on board. Yeah, 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 I'm yeah. On board. yeah, yeah. So I'm gonna play. <laughs> okay. I'm gonna play the game all over again, and I'm gonna have to deal with those goddamn yep. trebuchets all over again. Yep. Just so I can play this part. Yep. So we should have we should have Re back on the show. Oh yeah, absolutely. And do the three of us again because totally. that was so much fun last yeah. year. Yeah. All right, everybody. We'll see you next year. Ne- ne- uh, ne- and next, next year, no. I mean next week. And I clearly need to stop talking. <laughs> Bye, everybody. Thank you so much for listening. <laughs>